Welcome to the LC Parent Podcast, where we get real about the struggles, victories, and laughs we share as parents. All right. Thank you guys so much for being with us. I am so excited about this series that we're in. I've got my friend Robin Meadows back uh, mm-hmm. again for a second time, and hopefully we'll have her on many more times. But I'm Allie Evans. I've been on staff here at Life Church in kids and student ministry. And really, in the last few years, God has kind of bonked me upside the head and said, listen, in order for these families to have healthy homes, it has to start with their parents. So although I'm super proud of the kids and student ministry that we provide here at Life Church and the small group leaders and the teaching and all of the opportunity that we provide for kids and students to grow in their faith with Jesus, really how we support you all as parents is going to be the key ingredient to a healthy, thriving, Mm -hmm. Christ-centered home. Absolutely. So, um, gosh, Robin, we had such great conversation on the last episode. Really what we're talking about in the series, you guys, is uh, how is it that our faith and our parenting should be interwoven? Does it matter? Can't we be a great parent outside of necessarily having to be growing in Christ. And I don't know, maybe there are some successful parents out there that don't have a relationship with Christ. I don't know what that looks like. I just know that there can't be hope and peace and joy. It depends on how you define success. Right. Great point. Yes. That is a really, really good point. So in our context, we talked a little bit on the last episode about oftentimes how parents can feel overwhelmed in the middle of parenting. Often. We're not just ever parents, right? We're parents, we're employees, we're spouses, we're adult children of aging parents. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's all sorts of dynamic that goes into the middle of, man, the swamp of trying to be a great parent also. And we talked about how oftentimes as parents, we can feel really alone in that and we lack confidence. Mm -hmm. It's hard to feel good about how I'm parenting when A, I don't have anybody that I trust to talk to about it. And B, I don't really have a source for where, you know, where does my parenting wisdom come from? I've read books and that's not helping. I've listened to podcasts. That's not helping. Mm -hmm. I hope this podcast helps (laughs) helps, though. We're hoping. Um, But because our source comes from a different place. And Robin, on the last episode, you talked a lot about your personal relationship with Christ. Briefly, just kind of catch us up again on why that was so important when you had kind of that wake-up moment about your relationship with Jesus. Yeah, I was raised in the Southern Baptist Church, godly family. Really, the Baptists are so great at education. So I had a really strong strong foundation, foundational knowledge of, of Jesus and the Bible and, and God. But um, just like you said, when you read the books and then you start having to apply it, it's a little bit different. And so my real education came when I was, I couldn't, I was over the top. I was drowning. Right. I was drowning in kids and responsibility that I had no idea how to handle. And so that's when my faith was activated into believing that I had to take care of my own heart first mm. before I could ever lead anybody to the right place with theirs. Right. I love in in the last episode, you'd mentioned that you were struggling with like, who is going to fix these kids? Mm-hmm. And then you realized... Mm. It's probably not the kids that need to be nope. fixed, right? It's, it's my it's, own it's heart. It's the mama that needs a little heart <laughs> check there. That is, that's so good. And so this episode, what we really want to focus on is, I believe that the parents who are listening to this particular podcast are, they're probably parents of Life Church or mm-hmm. a church somewhere. Mm-hmm. And we're all passionate about leading our kids to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Yeah. We talk about that all the time. Yeah. And so I, you know, if I could make my children be 
fully devoted followers, passionate followers of Jesus, man, I want that formula. Mm -hmm. So can you give me the formula, please? Um, Yeah. Well, you know, unfortunately, too many times we've left that up to the church to be, you said this in the last podcast, that we've left it up to the church. We'll come to Life Church so they can teach us, teach my children how to be fully devoted followers of Christ. But unfortunately, the church does not have your children nearly as many hours as you do, and they're not going to believe a thing that the church says if they don't see it as a reality in your own life first. Oh, wait. Say that again. Yes. They're not going to believe anything the church tells them if they don't first see it as a reality in your own life. Somebody needs to go tweet that right now. Tweet that out. Copy it. Put it it on a post on Instagram. That is good. It does. It starts with us. And so we are called to to uh, lead our children to be disciples of Christ. The, the calling doesn't begin with the church. Mm-hmm. It begins with the parent. Oh. And so it starts there. The church is there, is there to support mm-hmm. us, but they are not the ones that are going to lead your children to be fully devoted followers of Christ. That starts so in your own heart. And, you know, it, it's a great thing if we will wrap our brains around that. And it's not, it's a high calling, but it's not too hard a calling. And it takes commitment, and it takes just doing it day in and day out, and consistency mm-hmm. f- as far as a parent in your own heart first. It's and so then from that, then you can start worrying about how it applies to your children. There's several things that you said there that I want, I'm going to back up. One is because I was this parent, and mm-hmm. again, I, I was, I'm a little embarrassed to admit it because I was also working at the church, but I was so new in my faith. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a framework growing up. You mm-hmm. had mentioned growing right. up in the Baptist church and what a blessing that right. was. So for me, taking the girls to Life Kids mm-hmm. when they were you know, four and six years old. They were so cute, too. Yeah. <laughs> Weren't they adorable? They were adorable. Um, you know, that was like them getting, I really thought that even though I was growing in my relationship with Christ, I thought, good, they've got an hour a week where they're getting Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then we'll go, it was almost like I was outsourcing their faith development. I didn't mean to to be. It was like school. Yeah. Yeah. Or basketball or cheerleading Mm -hmm. or piano lessons. They went to church an hour a week. And again, I'm saying this because I don't want to guilt anyone. To me, that made sense as a young mother who was new in my own faith. And so what is intimidating slash exciting is that I don't have to outsource that to the church. Mm-hmm. The church wasn't called to disciple. I'm glad that Life Church has the mission Absolutely. to lead We're kids so and glad. students, yes. but they're doing it in partnership with me. Partnership. Right. So, yes. okay. So uh, now I'm also going to, I want to I help us appeal to people who are like I was as a young mm-hmm. mother. I, I can remember coming to Metro Church, mm-hmm. this is before it was Life mm-hmm. Church. And the sweetest women leading this amazing women's Bible study. And I thought, I just am going to sit at their feet. Mm -hmm. They're so wise. Mm -hmm. But they used words that I didn't understand. And I thought, I should know what this word means. So you said that our first calling, that God called us to make disciples. Mm -hmm. Okay, I know know what disciple means, Mm -hmm. but then I didn't. Help me understand, what does that mean, God's called us to make disciples? It's a calling in, in the book of Matthew when he talks to his own disciples and Back in that time, there were teachers of different philosophies, and they had followers. And so those followers spent time with their teacher, and they emulated everything that he did, often dressing like him, eating the same foods. They spent time, like I said in the first 
podcast is that relationships are built from time spent together. Mm. And so it's that emulation, that time spent with a teacher, or in this particular case, it was with Jesus. Mm -hmm. They spent time with him, emulating him and learning his ways. His ways. He came. If you read anything in the Bible, you've learned that he came to turn the world upside down from from the direction that the philosophies of the day mm-hmm. and and the philosophies of our day. He has an upside-down, backward kingdom, okay? Right. You give to receive. You forgive so that you can live. You die to live. Mm. So all these backward things that, that he came to do, that is his way, and he's asking for them to be disciples. And from that, he sent them out all into the world to speak the same truth. We have the whole New Testament is written from some of his disciples and others that followed in that way. So that's what your calling as a parent is from your own faith. You're calling your children to learn to emulate your faith that they it will soon become their own. And you do that by talking about it along the way. Deuteronomy has a great scripture in Deuteronomy 6 about you talk about it along the way, and you talk about it before you go to bed, and you talk about it when you get up, and we talk about him all the time. And he's part of our days, part of our life. And you're talking to them about a source that is greater than you, that is going to empower you with amazing strength to be able to do things that you wouldn't be able to do on your own. Mm-hmm. When you're overwhelmed, he's going to help you figure out how to get through. When you're impatient, he's going to help you wait. All these different things that that the blessings of God in our life enable us to do, mm-hmm. um, he is there. And so that's how you're teaching your children is from that example, from from some words, but not just banging them over the head with your Bible, right. but actually living it out. And it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be a 30-year Christian to be able to do that. You start with right where you're at, and you tell them, I've had this amazing heart change, and, you know, suddenly I don't have this craving anymore. Mm-hmm. And it just totally changed my life. I wanted to tell you about it. That's right. all. You're just telling them. That's good. You're not saying, I need you to be changed too. Mm. See? And we do that yeah. too many times when with our children. We especially as they go into to their teenage years, we want them to, we want their behavior to be different. Yes. And so we start hitting them over the head with God words and Jesus words and, and things hoping for that transformation when, when God has them and he loves them even more than we do. And he says, just, I have them. Keep loving them. That's what I've called you to do. Mm. Love them, lead them, let me take care of the rest. So good. So good. So a couple of things that you said there, the emulation thing. I think about the girls when, whenever, gosh, I mean, they were probably early elementary school, but sitting and putting on makeup, you know, they'd watch oh, me yeah. get ready and they oh, would just, yeah. whatever I did, they Absolutely. would do, you know, yeah. I can remember paying bills and Madison sat down at the place where I paid bills mm-hmm. every week. And she came and she sat down and she was scribbling on something. Yeah. At that point, she wasn't in middle school. Yeah. She had on like a diaper and one jelly shoe yeah. or something. And she's scribbling yeah. and she's talking. And Matt said, I think she's paying bills. Yeah, that's she hilarious. looks like you. Did you ever ever have any that talk to their babies really angrily <laughs> and you go, oh, they're oh, emulating yes. me? <laughs> yeah. Actually, yes. That's funny that you should say yes. that. <laughs> so, the, but you're right, though. It's that emulation, and it doesn't mean that we're supposed to be perfect. We can't. We can't yeah, be. That's just not going to be the case. It's our goal. It's our goal, and we're, as we 
we're using that word a lot, emulate Jesus, that is where we, it's practice. It's right. just practice. Or, and Craig had a sermon here just recently about, are we trying, are we training? Yes. And that's what it's all about with our children even. That's the discipling part is, are you trying to raise kids? Or are you training them? Mm-hmm. And there's a difference. There's a difference. That's good. Another thing that you said there that I think is so important you know, when our kids become teenagers and they start making, they start behaving in ways that are outside of the, like, I've raised you better. How many times have we all said that? I raised you better than this. That's not who you are. What do you think the root is of our immediate sort of negative response to why are you behaving Mm -hmm. this way? What do you think that is? I think it's fear. Okay. Yeah. And control. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say shame. Yeah. I don't want my church friends to see you behaving this way or saying that this is who you think you are. Right. And allowing our kids to work out their faith. Mm -hmm. It's all good when we need to work out our faith, right? (laughs) When we feel challenged and we need to work it out. But when our teenager is working out, you know, you and I talked a little bit earlier too about kind of the discipline and habit of going to church on a regular Mm -hmm. basis Mm -hmm. and how that can be challenging because our teenagers do need to work out their faith. So how did you and Dirk handle church attendance? You know, we uh, started very early and it was a non-negotiable. It was not even anything we discussed. We were we were a church-going family. It's just mm-hmm. what we did. I don't want to call it a habit, but maybe it was a habit. It was a good habit. Right. Yeah, good um, habit. But it was just something that we did. Our children today, as adults, still go to church because that's what they yes, do. Yes, they do. And so, and they're they're teaching their children the same thing. It's very. It's just great to see. But we had a set time on Sundays back then. It was. That's you only had one choice. Mm-hmm. You went at ten o'clock on Sundays, and so that's when we all went. Now there are so many options mm-hmm. that I think it's still important that you choose one option, and that is your place to go, and that is your community of fellow believers that are there together, and mm-hmm. that's where that's where you get to know other people. That's where your community grows from. But choose one and stick with it and make sure that that, that is your one. Right. Things are going to happen. People are sick. You've been out of town, whatever, and you have, an, you have option B, mm-hmm. C, D, and E, and F, and you have online. So, But with all those options, if we don't hold to one and make that an appointment, then usually something else will come up and we'll then before we know it, it's Monday and we didn't ever make it. That's so good. Now, I'll tell you, I wasn't stringent about it. I don't know that that was the right thing or the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. With one child, that child never asked. Right. It was just, all right, let's get in the car and go. The other child, and I wouldn't say the other one was more rebellious, mm-hmm. just had different questions, right. different thoughts about how to... And I, did, I probably didn't push hard enough. And again, I don't know if that's right yeah. or wrong. Yeah. For she and I, and for Matt, that wasn't going to work. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. So what's interesting is, though, that was difficult because I was on staff at the church. Mm-hmm. So for my child to make a decision to not attend church, there was that shame or the right. fear, like people are looking at me right. going, where's her kid? And pro- they probably, probably didn't even notice. notice. Yeah. You're right. The good news is, is that because in all both of those instances, our kids own their own faith. Mm-hmm. They can't inherit faith Mm-mm. from us. Yeah. We can set good examples. We can create an environment where you can choose what shoes you're going to wear to church, but you're not going to choose if you go to church. Right. Because I've heard some parents, I'll give them choices. Sure. You can have sausage and biscuit or cereal before church, but we're going to church. Right. You know. So I think all of those things are part of figuring out what works. And um, again, you're going to make mistakes sure. as you parent. Sure. 
But at the end of the day, both of my kids needed to own their faith. You know, I always say both the kids, the girls lived with us and Ryan lived with his mom and lived separate from us, but he's made his own choices Mm -hmm. about his spiritual growth and his Mm -hmm. faith development. And I have to trust the Holy Spirit more than I trust me or Matt or Ryan's mom. Absolutely. Right? So... I think that there are times when I look at, I can look at you or other people that I think, gosh, what a great parent. And I can start to have regrets and think, why didn't I do it more like Robin? Right. But And at the end of the day, I need to learn from my mistakes. I need to search the heart of God. Right. God, where is it that right. I might need to bring some different discipline to this? Do exactly. I need to have a harder line in some of these areas? Those things are all worth consistently exploring. Right. right. No, you're absolutely right. And you know, when I tell you that we went to church, that does not mean that we were a perfect family. Okay? Because <laughs> right. I, could tell you, thing, I could tell you many, many stories. So while it might have the appearance, because we're all sitting there together, which is not even accurate because when they become teenagers, they don't sit with you anymore, even in (laughs) church. But as Life Church, we were at Metro Church with you, and as Life Church started having more campuses, we had children that went to different campuses, still Life Church, but different different church than we did. And so we want to give them that freedom in their exploration of who Jesus is to find a faith of their own. Because otherwise, it's not true faith, it's just religion, Right. right? It's just filling in the blanks, checking off the box, yes, I went to church, and that's not faith. Church is not faith. Right. Oh, that's so good. I'm glad you said that. Life Church is amazing. Yes. What Life Church is doing is amazing. How God is choosing in this season that, I, that I've been around, that Craig has been leading this church. He's doing some amazing things through this particular vessel. But man, this is about Jesus. Yes. What we're talking about is a relationship with Absolutely. Jesus. Your Bible isn't faith. Your that's Bible so is great. not Jesus. Mm-hmm. But that's where you can get to know Him better. Yes. And so you have to have Jesus in your life. And it is a personal relationship that you talk with Him all the time. Yeah, I that's do. Good. I used to say my prayer time used to be while I vacuumed the carpet because it was the only time <laughs> it was quiet except for that early morning hours. Right. But we can talk to him. He doesn't have to hear verbal words from us. He can hear our heart. Mm. And so as we express, I am failing here, God, reach out and save me. He's right there. I am grieving for my son who is making really poor choices. He hears your cry, and he loves your child more than you do, and he's right there, and he's at work, even if you don't see it happening right there, right then. Mm -hmm. He's at work. And so our faith is holding on to him in hope that he's going to see us through to the other side, that he has our children in his hands, and that he is for them, not against them. He's going to work everything for their good. We just have to hold on. That is so good. That goes back to the God confidence. Absolutely. Absolutely. Gosh, if it were all relying on me. Yeah. I say it a lot of times, parenting's like being on a roller coaster. And so, you know, you get on the roller coaster and they they come by and they push that bar, that safety mm-hmm. bar over your lap. And so everything locks in, they're making sure. Okay. So then you start going on this roller coaster and I don't know about you guys, but I'm holding on to the bar. Okay. <laughs> Some of y'all oh, yeah. may be with your hands <laughs> waving around, but I'm holding on to the bar. And the analogy is that safety bar is Jesus. And as Mm. long as we're holding on, we are steady. We're not coming out of the seat. Mm. And life is the roller coaster. 
you know? It's just all over the place and up and down and around and dips and valleys and mountaintops and valleys again. But as long as we're holding on to that security, that confidence that does not move, the bar doesn't move, Mm -hmm. then we're safe and our children are safe too. They're going to see us. We're steady. We're holding steady to the bar. That's so and good. so keep holding on. That's good. I love that analogy. You you mentioned earlier when you talk about the cry, God hears the cry of your heart, and you kind of loosely mentioned uh, He. So I, I don't know if you were speaking from a personal experience. Oh, I have that a one lot of, your of experiences. Sons, was there ever a time when one of your kids you thought, I think they've I think they've lost their way with Jesus. I how, think how that long they've... do you have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could do several episodes on this between yeah. us. I bet. <laughs> you know, I I talked about having um, a religious kind of a religious spirit, and my first three children were a, a kind of a product of that of rules. There are rules that we lived by, and so from that I saw the fruit of some of that in some really resistance, some real butting of heads, Mm. and just some anger too. Now, you said he, my son, my second born, he did not have that resistance. He was soft-hearted and tender, but you know, you can read all the right books, and you can say all the right words, but our children still have choices. Mm -hmm. And when he was 17, his girlfriend became pregnant. And so, I remember the night that he sat in our room with tears running down his face and telling us. And my initial reaction was shame. It's like, what are people going to think? How could you have done this to us? You know better than that. We've taught you better than that. Such a prideful reality in my own heart. Such a thing that I was focused on me more than I was focused on him at that moment. Right. And, you know, God took me through a, a journey there of just really ripping a lot of pride out of my heart. And he has his own story of redemption. It's a beautiful story. We have a granddaughter born born from that who's amazing, our first granddaughter. But his faith was born from that experience and some of those difficult things Ooh. that he he went through. And unfortunately, you don't need faith until you need it. Right. And so faith is that holding on to Christ. It's believe We have faith in something. I had faith in this chair when I sat down that it would right. hold me up. So we all have faith in something. But when we have faith in a secure, confident source greater than ourselves, then that's something that we can hold on to. And I've seen it with all my children that have gone through really difficult things to develop their own faith because of the difficulties that they've been through. And that's when we have to come face to face, like we said earlier, I can't do this anymore by myself. Mm -hmm. I can't do it. And so we know people that do. We know some people that take it to their very end where they know they can't do it any longer and they take their own life. Yeah. But, you know, you can choose. We have a way to choose. Right. And let's choose the life way. Let's just choose life. Choose life. I love that. We talked a little bit about making disciples. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, oftentimes there can be language around what it means to be a young Christ follower. And when you do that, you're you're choosing the things not to do. You, You know, mentioned like, I knew all the things I wasn't supposed to do. And I actually heard someone say one time, they were talking to a group of teenagers, you can either have fun or you can follow Jesus. What is it going to be? And I thought, that is the worst message. <laughs> so talk to me about, you know, for people particularly with a more religious sure. background, sure. that might be what a, a young person hears. Oh, I'm sure. It's like, you're just telling me I can't do all the fun yeah. stuff. Yeah. So what? how do we impart to our kids, listen, 
following Jesus is fun. There's freedom. You had a great analogy mm-hmm. for that. You know, the the way of, of Jesus is narrow. It says so in God's Word that His way is narrow. But those boundaries, those narrow boundaries are there for our protection. Mm. And it doesn't mean that it's a hard way. It just means that there's a certain way, okay? Mm. We have boundaries. We have lane boundaries for traffic. What is that for? Is that a mean thing? Or is that there for your protection? Right. But those narrow things lead, I like to say, to a wide oasis of freedom. Mm. It's just he offers us so much, and it's freedom. It's not rigid rule following. Right. You know? Yes. He's laid that as a foundation. His t- The Ten Commandments, all of the early Old Testament, the Torah it was called uh, mm-hmm. in Jewish time, those things were there as a foundation, but Jesus came in to set us free, not from those things, but just to add more to it. Right. Okay? That we can live in the freedom and abundance of living in that narrow, safe boundaries to experience the freedom that He fully offers us. Yes. You know, it's, it's funny. Great. It really is, and I've I've told young people oftentimes, you know, they, uh, I had I lead a switch group of high school girls, mm-hmm. and there's all these rules and there's things you don't do and do do mm-hmm. and there's, and I said actually that's not true. Mm-hmm. That maybe that was at some point, but the Jesus I know says love God and love others. Yeah. Now his standard for that is mm-hmm. narrow. Yes, I mean when you love somebody. That's mm-hmm. that's a pretty high commitment. Mm-hmm. But the freedom found in that, mm-hmm. that is so much fun. You're, for one, you're free from the guilt and the shame mm-hmm. and the what fill in the blank mm-hmm. of all the things that I think oftentimes young people think yes. is living in freedom by choosing the quote-unquote fun things, right. Right? right? Those things actually aren't fun. No. I, I and, know. And it's a... You know, we've got powers of darkness, the enemy. He's very real and very alive in our world today. You only have to open up Facebook to know that for sure. Or, you know, any TikTok, whatever. It's, he's very real and alive, and he is out to capture the hearts of our children. Mm -hmm. And we need to be aware of that and stand firm against him and continually speaking words of encouragement and life to our children. They need that. They need to hear that. And rather than trying to modify their behavior by rules and regulations and no's and you can't and you shouldn't, all those things, they need to be hearing that there is abundant life and freedom in in a life spent with Jesus. Mm. And let me tell you what I've experienced. Right. Um, and and that's how they're going to learn. That's what they that's what they're looking for. So good. And we have as parents, we have a huge amount of influence and our kids are they're inundated through social media, through all these apps on their phone. And we need to be very aware that our voice does matter and your words do matter. They can bring life or they can bring death. And what you say does matter, and it carries very a lot of weight and value. And your calling so is to, like I said, is to make disciples of your children just from from your life and your example, mm-hmm. and to give them wings and lift to live in this world. That's so good. And you know, it's so much harder to teach a whole bunch of rules. Yes. Here's all of the rules. 
And it just seems God's way really actually is so easy. It's not as complex as I think we often try to make it. it if you understand who God is as the creator of the universe and as your personal creator mm-hmm. and savior, and then who you are mm-hmm. as a child of God, Absolutely. it makes all those decisions so yes. easy. It's the identity thing. Yes. It is identity. I'm so glad you said that. This um, There is a series uh, that we did at Switch in the month of February 2021, and it uh, is called Habits of Holiness. Mm. And week one of that series is all about identity. It's who am I in Christ? And then because of an understanding of who I am in Christ, now I'm equipped to make decisions for my life. I don't need someone to give me a bunch of rules and regulations. Um, I can't believe it, but our time is up again mm-hmm. already. It's just It just flies by. I want to hit on a few things, and I want to challenge our listeners. What is it that you need to be focusing on? So pick for yourself. What one step, what, what one thing can I glean from what I heard today? There was a few things. One thing that Robin has pointed out, actually, in both of these episodes, has been make an appointment with God and keep it. What does that look like for you? You have to put your relationship with Jesus first. Is that your thing? Maybe it's pick a church you're going to go to and pick a service time and be consistent. You need to have that time of worship, that time to be in fellowship with other people. A third thing would be find your community. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's at that service time. Maybe it's with the people you serve in Life Kids with or at Switch or on the host team or you serve at the local food bank. If that's your community, spend consistent time with them, prioritize it, and be real and be honest Mm -hmm. in those environments. And then the last thing, and maybe this is yours, is be an example. Mm -hmm. Allow your kids to see what it looks like Mm -hmm. to try to live out Jesus. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be perfect. Mm -mm. It's practice. It's it's practice. You're going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And when you do, admit it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Be transparent with your children because you want to teach them transparency and authenticity. So find your thing. What is your thing that you're going to focus on this month? Talk about it with your small group, with your spouse, with your community of people, whatever that looks like for you. Man, I am just so glad, Robin, that you were mm-hmm. with us again. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. We're going to have resources connected again and a discussion guide for you all to use with mm-hmm. your life group or with any group of friends where you'd like to have further conversation about how your faith relates to your parenting. Guys, I look forward to seeing you this week at church. <laughs>